zippers. Known for being toothy. Famous for being zippy. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why zippers are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. I'm joined by Dan Hopper and Benny Wayne Sully, two wonderful returning guests. Dan Hopper is an old friend going back to our days at collegehumor.com. I used to work at College Humor and a sister side of theirs and, and things like that. Today, Dan is a managing editor at Ranker. He's also a comedy writer who's written for everything from College Humor to The New Yorker to The Washington Post, and he's guested on this show about everything from hockey pucks to the U.S. Forest Service. Benny Wayne Sully guested on the episode of this show about junk mail. He's also a wonderful comedian and actor. Benny's part of the team behind NDND, which is a YouTube channel where they do tabletop role-playing games and all the performers are native. Benny also stars in a short film called My First Native American Boyfriend that is in film festivals right now, and that's written and directed by other friend of the show, Joey Clift. And also, I'm going to put in links as soon as I have them. Benny is going to be in a play in New York City this fall, like coming up very soon. Uh, The play is called Peerless. It's described as a darkly comedic twist on Shakespeare's Macbeth set in the cutthroat world of elite college admissions. So dark comedy stage play in New York City. If you're going to be at all in the city and want to see some theater, check out Benny Wayne Sully in Peerless. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples, acknowledge Dan recorded this on the traditional land of the Lenape people, acknowledge Benny recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino-Ortongva and Keech and Chumash and fernandinho Tadaviam peoples, and acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about zippers, which is a perfect topic for this podcast. Also a patron chosen topic. Thank you to Rex Coker for suggesting that. Also, thank you to Ren Callahan for suggesting that and to everybody who voted for it. Only other thing to say before we start, and this might sound a little random, but it's not. I want to say hello and I want to say thank you to every SIFPod listener and supporter in Sweden. The country of Sweden, thank you very much for being here. Making this episode about zippers, for reasons that will make sense later, got me interested in the Swedish listenership of the podcast. Sweden is the number 10 country in the entire world for downloads of this podcast, so pretty high up the list. And also, you know, huge thank you to Linus, thank you to other people who back this show at sifpod.fun, and do it from Sweden, who do it in Krona. There will be, like, jokes and bits about Sweden on this episode. That's mainly because Sweden has a surprisingly central role in the stories of Zippers. And they're not the only country here, too. Japan pops up a lot. The United States pops up a lot. You know, this is a global item, and I can't wait to talk about it. So, please sit back or curl up in a ball with your favorite zip-up hoodie swaddling you all around yourself. A little cozy vacation. 
either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Dan Hopper and Benny Wayne Sully. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Benny, it is so good to have you both. And of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either of you can start, but how do you feel about zippers? I, I have like a, a pretty decent relationship with them, but I feel like after a couple years of only wearing comfy pants, oh. you know, I I feel like most of my pants now don't have zippers. Even like a lot of my formal ones are just like stitched in and it's just a button situation or just like a drawstring. Yeah. But... I have like this excitement about zippers because there was this ride at my yearly county fair called the zipper. Ooh, that I know the was zipper. The, right? Yeah. And the zipper <laughs> was the one where you would sit in it and you would rock back and forth trying to just do perpetual flips. And we'd get yelled at by the guy who's like, hey, stop flipping in there. And now, like, thinking back, like, he probably knew that that ride was unsafe and was like, they're going to undo all the screws in this mechanism. The whole point Um, is to flip. What? That doesn't make any sense. The whole point is to flip. This (laughs) dude would scream at us from, like, we'd be in the top just, like, flipping as much as possible. And we could hear him screaming, like, stop flipping. Um, It was great. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked that ride because I think that there was the whole thing where it was, I was always too short to ride it. Um, (laughs) and then one year I could ride it and I was like, yeah, but then I was like, oh, this isn't as good as Gravitron. Uh, but yeah, that's just a little, that's just a little county fair. Uh, some people listening Mm. to this are like, yeah, Gravitron is better. He's right. (laughs) I just want to know like what county it probably travels, but what county, where is this? Johnson County, Indiana, baby. Nice. Well, I think I think the zipper is one of those standard rides because I remember they had it at the boardwalk in Ocean City, Maryland. And my brother and I, no one ever went on it because I guess it was like, it's like so like debilitating. You know, you like come <laughs> off and if you're an adult, you like go on and it just like throws off your equilibrium for the rest of your life, basically. Yeah. But my brother and I, you know, we were like 10 and 14 or, or you know, 12 and 8 or something. I forget. Uh, so we just like went on again and again and again, like five, six times in a row flipping around. It's awesome. It's like, it's, it's the best. <laughs> there's, there's two, there's like, t- it's two wheels that hook onto cars, but the cars are like hooked on loosely. So they swing around and then the wheels spin and then the whole thing spins in the opposite direction. So you just keep flipping Ugh. forwards, backwards, like the whole time. Um, if I went on it now, I would absolutely die. I wouldn't be able to like walk we in a straight should, line the rest of my life. We should all find a zipper. And yeah. try it and try to ride it together and just see who lasts the longest. <laughs> I also I also like the idea that this travels from county to county and it's just the same employee watching the rules get violated nationwide. That's actually you know, there's like, a very stop! good very no. good chance that it is the same ride and they just deconstruct it and move it to the next place. Yeah. All right. Let's see if the people in this Iowa State Fair try flipping it. No. Oh, it's just every. It's like a, newly appalled in every zip code. Like, can right. someone just go and enjoy it in a straight just line? Just ride it like it's a not, Ferris wheel. Yeah. It's just a funky Ferris wheel. 
And then, like, some pundits, like, Americans have never been more divided. And then that guy is the counterpoint. Like, we're all the same. This country is so bonded. Why are there six anti-flipping uh, op-ed writers on the New York Times staff? There's only, like, ten of them total. Like The new Brett Stevens op-ed yes. is scathing. Like, who do they represent? No one is... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Dan, I was about to ask, how are you with uh, the regular old zipper? Yeah, when I saw the topic, I, I was trying to think of my relationship. I feel like mostly in the modern, like nowadays, the only time I ever think of zippers is when they break, right? You just completely take them for granted. Oh. It's it's either this like weird inconvenience or or it works fine and you never think about it. <laughs> the only interesting memory I could think of zipper related besides the ride, the zipper that didn't even cross my mind. It's I can't believe you brought that up because I love that ride. That um, that ride was a, a life changing experience for me. Yeah. I still cannot walk straight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember like when I was a little kid. Remember I, I I like when you're a kid you have like three pairs of pants or something. Oh, I yeah, like sure. I don't know I like three or four pairs of pants total that I just wear every day as a kid and I think like two of them were jeans with zippers and two had like buttons and I just did not wear the ones with buttons because I was wow. like a little kid and I was just like I can't I can't figure this out like you have to the the buttons you have to like slide into the other one not the snap buttons it's like I'm like this is I with zipper I give up yeah you know? it's like I have no time for buttons I gotta go you know play dragon dragon warrior two or something. Something I, I just thought of is in the past, like, couple of years, while I've had long hair, um, for the listeners, my hair goes, like, past my shoulders right now. I haven't worn any, like, zip-up hoodies, because I had oh. one instance where I wasn't thinking, and I zipped up a hoodie, and I had a bunch of hair get caught in it. That's That's not yeah. a fun experience. Like, there's an inherent danger to zippers, I feel. It makes them exciting, in a way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, a jagged series of metal teeth that were just yeah. like, I'm really glad this is on my pants. That makes it's sense. It's the perfect <laughs> like leather jacket accent, you know? Oh, yeah. There's there's no there's no more um of of a really cool vibe than the leather jacket and the zipper combo. A leather jacket with a bunch of zippers, like even on the pockets. <laughs> Cross the street when you see that coming at you. I, I can't I can't, I can't lie and say that I have considered like the alluring danger of zippers as like part of the draw to them. It's, like, it's not like you're like promoting a horror movie on like a talk show or you're like, you know, we love the danger or something. It's like, it's like you're promoting your like ski jacket. Like it might get caught in your hair. We all have to share that fear as humans. Oh. That's what draws us to <laughs> things with zippers on them. Like, Buy this light corduroy chore coat <laughs> for the zipper. <laughs> Man, now I now I wish zippers were like one of those things where it's like witches. We're like back to Puritan New England. They've been afraid of the zipper. That would be great. That's not a thing. Like <laughs> they believed like zipping it from bottom to top like sealed your fate or something because of some like obscure Bible yeah. passage. <laughs> like And then later they're like, Oh, that wasn't in the Bible at all. That was added yeah. in some edition that some king was like, Ah, I was mad at this Duke and so I just threw this in the Bible. And, you know, it's like it was just in there for like four hundred years. <laughs> when when we said it was thou shalt not zipper Big mistranslation. It's actually an anti-murder passage. So uh, 
Yeah, that was actually that was actually George who works over at the fair. He was tired of people flipping on his ride, and so he, he made his own <laughs> commandment. Written in the margins, like way later. It's like that's not. <laughs> I don't think that's. I think that's a metaphor. <laughs> there is one Bible that you can just write in. It's like no one write in this, or else it becomes the Bible. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Wait, look at this. Who wrote this in red? This isn't the Bible. This isn't the Bible. <laughs> There's the master copy. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, the Pope just ratted at everybody, like, mess up. <laughs> Which, fun fact, I don't know if you guys know this, but to open that copy, you have to unzip hey. the binding. <gasps> yeah. There we go. Would it be built like a trapper keeper? Like, it's got a zipper around the outside, like, the Pope's carrying and it, it from the, class the to class. Dividers. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Jesus and some uh, dolphins flying through space. It's like the <laughs> <laughs> logo. It's a holographic cover and if you scratch it it makes really cool noises y'all might be turning me like really religious <laughs> it sounds pretty good yeah the only other zipper thing i thought of too is uh the, the scene in the, there's something about mary yeah yes. where he gets a zipper cut at the beginning i wasn't gonna bring it up but i saw that scene as a kid and was that kind of added to that inherent danger <laughs> that, uh, that scene and the situation will be in the bonus show. So we'll talk about that later. Oh, we'll get, okay. get more into it. Cool. Okay. And then in, in the meantime, we get into the stats and numbers about this topic. Because on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week, that's in a segment called Cold Hard Facts. Math done for you. Some things are learned better, baby. With numbers chewed. Transition. Transition. And I think it's gonna be a list of stats introduced by a song that's wacky and bad. Submitted to Gmail or to at SIFPod zero zero. All right, that name was submitted by Ben Burris. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben. And uh, we have a new name for this segment every week. Like I sang, it's at SIFPOD on Twitter or SIFPOD at gmail.com. I was waiting on you to sing out, and I'm a zipper man. Oh. <laughs> this song's about stats, not zippers. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Just, I'm a numbers man. I just can't <laughs> believe, I mean, you guys can't see what we're looking at, but I, I just can't believe Alex got Elton John to come onto the podcast to sing that. I mean, what a what a yeah. moment that was to watch the actual guy himself. I mean, you could actual tell from the voice that was him. It, I mean, it's just like, it's just <laughs> incredible. I got chills. Thank you. I yeah. still have goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad he and Dua Lipa could be here so I could use the bathroom for a bit. That was great. I, what <laughs> yeah. a what a good break. Uh. <laughs> and he, and it was nice of him to do you know 13 takes so we could get like a a good one. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you get what you pay for with those cameos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so weirdly, the first number is musical, so we'll get into it. The first number is 1971, uh, the year 1971. That's the year when the band The Rolling Stones put out an album cover with a working zipper on the front. If people know the album Sticky Fingers, released 1971, like the original album pressings of that, the cover had like an entire actual zipper on the front of the jeans. I I do know it, but I had the CD and it doesn't do. (laughs) 
It's just a photo of a zipper. <laughs> That's why vinyl's coming back and CDs are going away. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the files from someone else in the freshman dorm floor at college. So, yeah, I did not receive a, <laughs> a zipper with that. Yeah. I, in college, I took a class that was the history of rock music. And it was mainly focused on, like, the 60s. And oh, my nice. professor, he had this album. Oh, with wow. the working zipper. Yeah, he had the original pressing. He also had a bunch of letters that he sent to the Beatles when he was like eight, and it was adorable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he had this this actual thing, because I remember him talking about the fact that it had a zipper component. This uh, Vanity Fair talks about this, also Far Out magazine. Cover of Sticky Fingers was a collaboration between an album cover designer named Craig Braun and the artist Andy Warhol. So Andy Warhol worked on this. And then apparently with the album, you could pull the zipper up and down. And then when you pulled it down, you could see another picture inside of Mick Jagger's underwear. Was there like tactile underwear, like fabric-y on it, I thought? Oh, that I don't know. I'm not sure. Might be confusing with the time I actually unzipped Mick Jagger's pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a boring story. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, people are like, move on. Yeah, yeah. Talk about this, the fair rides again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want to hear more about Johnson County, Indiana. <laughs> also, I have to give a shout out to Andy Warhol from my hometown of Pittsburgh, PA. Oh, oh. yeah. And he, uh, his idea here, it turned out to be very impractical. This is like a real metal zipper, and so it often damaged the vinyl, especially if there was a stack of copies like getting shipped together in a big pile and squished down. Uh, and according to Far Out Magazine, the zipper specifically destroyed the first part of the song, Brown Sugar. So if okay, you got the so album, that's what you lose. <laughs> we are rescinding the the shout out to Andy now. Oh man, uh, I, I've never been more embarrassed cool. to be. Yeah. I mean, what an inefficient... Scratch that from the Process. episode. Yeah. Well, he did. He moved to New York very young. Okay. I, I, do, I barely even lived in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. His we Pittsburgh, don't claim him. His ideas in Pittsburgh were great. This was a New York idea. Yeah. Yeah. It sticks. Everybody knows that Andy Warhol's New York era was his lowest point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was working at some factory, as I understand it. Not even an artist, right? Like, forget it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and, uh, and next number here, oddly, oddly also ties into that stat song because it's about space. The next number is six months. And six months is the amount of time that was the shelf life of the zippers on spacesuits for the Apollo missions. Apparently, within six months of manufacture, they were considered too degraded to be airtight and be used in space anymore. Wow. I I didn't even realize that a zipper could be airtight, necessarily. But I guess that makes sense. That's that's crazy. Yeah, the thing is, it's it, like a regular zipper is not airtight, and they had to build super special zipper systems for these spacesuits. And the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum has online stuff about it, and they have pictures of one from Apollo 14. What it is is two entire sets of brass metal zippers and a layer of rubber in between. And then also once an astronaut like put on their helmet, pressurized the suit, that made the rubber expand 
and fill any little cracks in the, mm-hmm. the zipper area. So like your your regular jacket or whatever is not airtight. It's it's this extremely special thing. Uh, and then also apparently rubber reacts poorly to copper, which is one of the ingredients in the brass of the zippers. And so there bas- there's basically a bad chemical reaction going on within this zipper system all the time. And that's why they wore out after six months. I'm curious about like the testing of that. I feel like there'd be so much trepidation about like, oh. <laughs> okay, good luck. Like, we'll. It's been seven months. We're gonna see. This is the cutoff. Matt, Matt, Matt. Zipper alert! Like he, just huge, <laughs> just giant. Like <laughs> they're all looking at it. Just one huge alarm for just specifically zipper related, and there's just a room of like two hundred smoking guys with skinny ties, like reacting to it. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Looking at this photo, because it's the double layer of zippers. Yeah. It reminds me of like, you know how there's like with um like with sleeping bags, you'll have a zipper with uh an internal component so that you can't get locked in your sleeping bag. Oh, yeah. I feel like those ones were always like a lower quality of some sort. Or it was it would be like where you could zip it from two different directions or something and, and they'd have to meet in the middle. Yeah, I'm now I'm mad mean. about zippers. Yeah, because I'm thinking about all the sleeping bags I ever had that just like had poor quality zippers. What we needed was a double layer of brass, airtight, <laughs> rubber insulation. Space. I've, I've never been an active enough person to have used so many sleeping bags that I like wore out the zipper. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I was in the Boy Scouts and my family never bought nice sleeping bags. Oh, okay. <laughs> we only had the low, the low, low quality ones. Whatever you could find um, at a Walmart or ideally on the street uh, was kind of what I'd be shipped off to camp in. With zipper quality, I'm thinking of something you said, Dan, where like zippers are really in the background of our lives. And I feel like I've never actually known the quality of a zipper I have. I just don't think about it. And then at some point it works funny or breaks. And then I think it's bad. Like that's my entire knowledge of zipper quality. It it has to (laughs) exist in the background. But I think that by the end of this episode, we'll come to find that zippers themselves are secretly incredibly fascinating. (laughs) Stop trying to get in the trailer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I always try to fit the episode name in. Dan, uh, then he got it name. fair and square. Then he got it fair yep. and square. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I, I resist having to say secretly incredibly fascinating every time I do an episode. I also oh. resist. I know when I listen to this podcast, every time you say a number, you're just like, our first number is 7.2 being like, Whoa. Just like, oh man just like way before you explain what it even it could possibly be just being like amazed by like, any fa- like fact that's a good not number. even a fact just a number yeah <laughs> i used to be at the gym and like listening to a comedy podcast and be self-conscious about laughing i hope people are self-conscious about being like 7.2 out loud like with no context <laughs> That would, that would bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. 1971. Everyone's just like looking at them as they bench press. That guy must be listening to the secretly incredibly fascinating podcast without commit. He just said 7.2 out loud while running on the treadmill. No context. That's yeah, our secret handshake for all the fans is just say 7.2 to each other with a lot of meaning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
man, I, I hate to be departing the numbers now, but there's one more number brings us into the first takeaway. And the number is 1917. Whoa! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And 1917 is the year when an engineer named Gideon Sundback got a U.S. patent for what he called a separable fastener, and that's the start of the modern zipper. That uh, brings us into takeaway number one. Modern zippers are partially the result of a love story. This Between is the like two, the two halves of the pants. Oh, <laughs> together. <laughs> It's, it's so apropos yeah. that a zipper, something that combines two, mm-hmm. uh, two yeah. different things into one, is, is a, a, from a love story. All the teeth just Romeo and Julietic all the time. Yeah, great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just hugging. That's all it is. A zipper is just, just some two, yeah. two pieces of metal just hugging. Just a big hug. Yeah. And this, uh, there, this is like... A little bit of a lengthy takeaway, but it's it's really where zippers came from as technology, and it gets surprisingly human at the end. Uh, it comes from uh, partly two people falling in love, which is very nice. And there's two key sources for this. One of them really enjoyed finding out that there is an entire history book all about zippers. Uh, it's called Zipper and Exploration and Novelty. It's by historian Robert Friedel of the University of Maryland. And it's great. It's really fun. Uh, the other source is a piece for JSTOR Daily by Cynthia Green. Um, but there were a, a few people involved in the invention of zippers. It's not just one person. Uh, the key one who made them like functional and popular was the engineer Gideon Sundback, who lived 1880 to 1954. Uh, and then there were also a couple people before him. And one of them is the inventor of the lockstitch sewing machine. Like the main modern sewing machine inventor, his name was Elias Howe Jr., he patented the sewing machine in 1846, and then five years later filed a patent for what's considered like the first general zipper, like the first thing that is not a modern zipper, but is broadly the idea. Uh, I'm going to have a few pictures of patents linked in the in the episode description and stuff, because you can see like weird kind of zippers from before we had them. And one of them is Elias House. Interesting. And so... I mean, prior to zippers, was it just buttons and tie-offs, tie tying threads yeah. or something? Yeah, a lot of pinning, a lot of buttons, a lot of tying. Yeah, there were there were other ways to do stuff, but you know, like I I would not want to live in a world without zippers. They're really handy. It's really great. Yeah, save just, us so much time. Yeah, centuries of people being like, the Lord will keep my pants together, <laughs> and you just had to have faith. And it's kind of sacrilegious to not. <laughs> so the so the, the way you described it, is it like a like a like a drawstring or like a knapsack like tightening it like that kind of thing? I'm having trouble yeah. picturing it. Yeah, it's it's almost like if you pulled a drawstring to combine the teeth of a zipper. But the the other thing about this is this patent from Howe was only ever a diagram. He never like built it or pursued it. He he was mostly busy mm. making a bunch of money selling sewing machines and fighting over sewing machine patents. So he he gets credit for this and had very little influence on it. Gotcha. So who took it yeah, around I'm, with it? Yeah, and then the other inventor who who really sets the stage for this, his name is Whitcomb L. Judson. And I know this is another long old name, but Whitcomb L. Judson. 
1893, he gets a patent for what he calls a clasp locker or unlocker for shoes. Uh, and this will be the other patent picture we have linked. The, the main innovation he had was a sliding fastener, like the part that we pull up and down on a zipper. But he had a sliding fastener operating a set of hooks and little eyelets, like those little holes that a, a hook goes into with metal around it. So it's still not really a modern zipper, but it's a lot closer. And he thought that was a way to fasten shoes. So, yeah, so zippers are really more recent than, I mean, I guess I would have guessed they were kind of recent, but they're really recent, right? It's like. Yeah, the good ones are about 100 years old. They'll come in like the in 1917 there and after. Yeah. Wow. Was it like a huge luxury when it first came out or is it, you know, <laughs> you know, is it like, like, it's a good the question. King had like a zipper, or something, you know, or like, so, like someone has a zipper and they're like, oh, you're, you're shooting above the waist here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this like sign of like extreme wealth. It's like, oh, did you see Mary across the, across the street has zippers on her shoes? They, boy, have they done well. These aristocrats making it a point to not zip up their pants after they use the bathroom until they come out into the parlor, and then they're like, Zip. They're like, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, no problem. Yeah, my pants have zippers. The proletariat is all striking because their <laughs> their bosses have zippers, but they don't have that that luxury. Yeah. We must unzip their coffers and spread the wealth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A political cartoon of like J.P. Morgan's fly, like unzip it, <laughs> unzip it, you know, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, they uh, the zipper. It, it a lot of it comes down to like skilled machining and mechanical engineering, basically, like making the parts well enough. This is never really like a luxury item. It's just something that takes a lot of time uh, to become popular, mainly because Judson especially went all in on trying to make a whole company of this. Like he patents mm -hmm. it in 1893. He's in Chicago. So he exhibits it at the Columbian Exposition of 1893 in Chicago uh, and then proceeds to found the Universal Fastener Company. But his entire idea for it is a sliding fastener with a bunch of weird hooks and eyelets. And so it doesn't work very good. And the company struggles. The company changes names and changes home cities repeatedly. Uh, it takes them from 1893 all the way until 1905 to sell their first product. They sell a, a fastener for women's clothing 12 years after they start being a business. Uh, and so into the 1900s, kind of no one is excited about zippers, even though we've had the idea. Gosh, I cannot imagine. You said 1893 to 1905? Yeah, so 12 so years. So 12 years? Yeah. Can you imagine just sitting on an idea for 12 years and being able to like somehow exist <laughs> and be like, yeah, we haven't launched a product yet, but we got a really yeah. good idea. They're on the same like profitability timeline as every new tech company. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> Like, you got an idea. We're not going to make a single dollar for 13 years. Oh, yeah. everyone's investing. Okay, cool. And, and a lot of those companies are like yeah. Amazon, and this was like a Chicago zipper company. Like, that's just yeah. not going to make that much money, man. Right? I, like, I come am, on. <laughs> I am curious about when it first came out. It was obviously an item that made life a little easier, for sure, uh, in, yeah. in a few ways, marginally at least. 
but I wonder if it was like cost effective, if it was cheaper than the alternatives at the time. Oh, because I'm sure that yeah. it is now, or or it is at least cheap enough that we're still using zippers. But I wonder if from the from the onset, if there was, you know, they they probably had to have specialized machinery and 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 stuff to be able to make these. And I wonder how profitable it was or if it was like oh yeah pants are cheaper or if they're more expensive with a zipper yeah because yeah that's a great question because it it does seem like we'll get to in a sec like the leap of good engineering just to make zippers work better fundamentally was the key thing because then once they were selling once people were into them they were an immediate hit Uh, according Mm. to atlas obscura this this same company spoiler they will become a major zipper manufacturer but they made a jump from selling a few thousand money belts with zippers on them in 1917 to, in 1930, just 13 years later, selling 20 million zippers a year. Wow. They went from like a few thousand products to 20 million, basically as soon as people said, okay, now I like zippers, great. Like That, that was really just the, the key thing they needed to happen. But I, yeah, I never get the sense they were like only a luxury product or like some kind of Cadillac that you had to be wealthy to get. Yeah. I mean, looking at the photos of the patent, it looks more like a torture device than anything that would be a, <laughs> yep. a luxury component to clothing. Was there like a watershed like pop culture moment where it's like boxer jack johnson shows off his zipper and it like became a phenomenon <laughs> or something actually that would probably make people riot but yeah, if, <laughs> if a, a boxers an old-timey boxers wearing like a a large zipper from the bottom of his boxing trunks all the way up that's just dangerous at that point but yeah. then again that inherent zipper danger you know <laughs> He's not going to get hit below the belt. I'll tell you what. That'll, that'll cut up your gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So, I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like like really quiet and try and creep them out (laughs) it's just really boring because of jordan right not me because of both of you oh subscribe to jordan jesse go a comedy show for grown-ups 
it's not a pop culture moment. We'll we'll get to that in the next takeaway though. Like there is a spark for it. But this this mechanical engineering jump, it happens because of this guy Gideon Sunback, who I talked about at the start of the takeaway. And he was a highly trained mechanical and electric engineer, uh, and he was from Sweden. He trains in Sweden, trains in Germany, and he's he's basically the early 1900s version of like a highly sought after coder or like a like all the tech companies want to hire this engineer kind of person. And then in 1905, he immigrates to the U.S. and goes straight to his new job in Pittsburgh. Hey, Pittsburgh. Hey, at, uh, right. at the Westinghouse Company, which was the equivalent of like a big tech company in, in 1905. And then what happens is he is at Westinghouse. They're paying him well. They're promoting him. Like he's, he's basically just set for a comfortable life in this uh, industry. And then all of a sudden, Sundback quits his job. And he quits to go work at the, that weird zipper company that has now changed names and locations enough times that it's called the Automatic Hook and Eye Company in Hoboken, New Jersey. And according to historian Robert Friedel's book, the main reason Sunback did that is because he fell in love with the daughter of the plant manager at that company. Whoa. Like that was the whole reason he basically quit like a top tech job to go work at this weird failing startup. I thought you were going to say fell in love with the zipper. Like... He was like, oh. fascinated by <laughs> that it. was the love story. <laughs> not like love, you know, not like sexual desire love, just like that he was like fascinated as an engineer saw, about like, it. I mean, maybe that. This is an engineering marvel. Yeah, that's what right. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> he was just, he had a lot of passion about zippers. Uh-huh. <laughs> just that noise so, coming from his office all the time. Like, zip, 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 zip. Like, oh, yeah. He's in there. I don't know. Sweet, sweet zip. Did they get together? <laughs> How did it end? They did. And so, Aww. yeah, but, uh, it was this thing. It was also partly a, like, Swedish immigrant thing. The plant manager of Automatic Hook and I was a Swedish immigrant named Peter Aronson. Sundback is a Swedish immigrant and also an engineering guy. And Aronson invites him to visit the company basically as a, like, we're the only Swedish engineers we both know. Why don't we, mm-hmm. like, hang out? And then when Sundback visits, he meets Aronson's daughter, Elvira. And according to him, he fell in love with her, pursued her from afar, and then left Westinghouse to be closer to her by working at this sliding fastener company. They get married in 1909, and then also Sundback is a way better engineer than anybody they had and radically improves the tech. He switches them from hooks and eyelets to like interlocking metal teeth like we're used to. And by 1917, they had an awesome product, and zippers become popular. What a beautiful mutual relationship he had with hook and eye you know he he was able to get a a wonderful life partner and they were able to get a product that has uh stood the test of time exactly beautiful two love stories right there those two in america with zippers (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're one of the teeth we're one of the teeth it's good We're all just teeth in a one big love story. <laughs> I feel like so many of these product stories, it's like Thomas Edison tried it 1,000 times grimly, and then he finished it. And and this one is like human. Like there, There's like a, a thing going on yeah. in the background. I like it so much. I also just love that this guy just shows up and he's like, hey, we're changing the product. Like, I'm, I'm not here because of zippers. I'm here because of Elvira. 
Um, But your product's garbage, guys. And I'm going to completely change the functionality of it. And then they saw it and they were like, Gideon's right. Right, it's like that uh that job interview thing where like you want to be at least a little enthusiastic about what they do. And he he yeah. just went in there like, you guys are the worst. I'm better than all of you. I'm gonna fix it. Bring me in. Yeah, but he did it with a Swedish accent, and they were like, he's endearing. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's like I'm sorry, my English is not so good. Your product is car garbage. Am I saying is that correct? I'm, it's just. An Poop absolute piece of crap that Poop must be thrown away and changed so fundamentally. You have to change the name of your company. Okay, is Gideon, that, do you your, understand your English me? is actually really good. You knew fundamentally. <laughs> that, that is also true that they actually do change the company name once he improves it because it's not Hooks and Eyes anymore. Yeah, yeah they changed the name to Talon and it became, like, to this day, a big zipper manufacturer. Yeah. Talon? <laughs> like T I L O N? Yeah, like a bird Talon. Yeah. Oh, that's talent. so cool. That's so much yeah. cooler. It, it's, it also rules. Yeah. See? That's the zippers and the leather jackets. Yeah. <laughs> Talon probably makes all leather jacket zippers. I'm not a marketing person, but also maybe change the name to this much cooler name. I don't want <laughs> to do a Swedish accent. It's like half German. I don't know. Hey, I'm not even going to attempt because what you did was perfect. <laughs> I had a Swedish roommate for one month. That's all. I just tried to imitate that guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was watching this uh, very real cooking show the other day where they had a Swedish chef, and uh, what he did is he oh. chased a puppet chicken with a big uh, big knife. Actually, uh, it was a very real cooking show. I learned a lot. Oh yeah. man, uh, <laughs> it's not the puppets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was actually that was the new Hulu show, The Bear. Um, yeah, I've seen it. I I I you know I've worked in a lot of kitchens, so I, I was triggered at that episode and I couldn't watch anymore. Uh, it's just a bit too real for me. Yeah, you know, it seems it seems like dramatic, but you know, if you if you've worked in a restaurant, you'll get it. You'll understand yeah. that character yeah, immediately. Like, we've wow, all worked uh, for we've all worked for that that Swedish chef. Before Swedish chef is chasing life. around puppets. Yeah. <laughs> I the bear's great, and also I feel like a lot of the discourse around it is how the main guy is hot. And yeah. I really wish all of that was about the Swedish chef puppet. Like, oh, he's so hot. Oh, I can't believe it. That mustache. Oh, crazy. It does uh, seem like... I could fix him. I feel like... <laughs> fix him by teaching him words, yeah. I feel like, you know, five years ago, Twitter was like, was like obsessed with just finding the weirdest people hot right that was yeah. like yeah. 2017 twitter would be like anyone else think the swedish chef like low-key wants to bang is it you know it's like <laughs> they're like this dude definitely eats yeah. cigarettes but i'm into it <laughs> smash me with a frying pan mr chef and you're like what and like there's like 1200 retweets on it you're like you all think this like what <laughs> what <laughs> the hell like I'd, I'd let him drop a cast iron skillet on my foot <laughs> brand me with your all clad like this was my sexual awakening when i was 12 and all these people are agreeing you're like what yeah. <laughs> like yeah <laughs> it's just very real uh <laughs> well uh Ed, let's get into another main takeaway here and it kind of continues the story takeaway number two The name zipper comes from the sound of a zipper. Ooh. 
that's how it came about. We love an onomatopoeia. Exactly. And this also covers Dan's great question of like, was there a moment that made zippers huge? Because it turns out that uh, when Gideon's son back finishes this like better sliding fastener, it still is not called a zipper yet. But they patent that 1917 and then they get a contract to make money belts for the U.S. Navy. Because 1917, the U.S. had just joined World War One, So they're just ordering stuff for all these new troops. And they give American sailors a money belt with a sliding fastener. Those guys really like it. And then from there, they spread the word. And what's now called the Hookless Fastener Company and will be called Talon gets a bunch of contracts for a bunch of uh, fasteners for a bunch of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm, this was kind of coming out at the perfect time because it was right before World War One, And I'm assuming that the zipper not changed like the the war industry or anything but like they probably <clears throat> were used for a lot of what do you call uh the the outfits they wear you're they're probably Uniforms? used for a lot of war costumes <laughs> <laughs> fighties yeah yeah they're, they're little they're little fight wear yeah combat romper sure yeah sure sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's that was that was the swedish the swedish guy coming through he's like oh yes this combat oh yes this combat romper will be the perfect thing for your for your fighters (laughs) well and and talon because that's exactly right like military uses you know one army could say zippers for this zippers for that and so they really spread um but Talon and other companies, and we'll talk a little later about the current biggest zipper company, but they were all just calling them sliding fasteners or other names they could think of. And according to JSTOR Daily, we did already have the word zip that entered English in the mid-1800s, and it meant to move rapidly, which is still what it means today, like zip, you know. But in 1923, the B.F. Goodrich Company, which is today most famous for, like, tires, you know, but... right. They were a rubber goods company back then, and they decided to incorporate zippers into some of their rubber boots. And the boots had the brand name Mystics, which was not really selling very well. And then they tried the new name of Zipper Boots. because And they uh, specifically picked that name both for the like zip meaning of moving quickly in footwear, but also because right. they heard the sound that the fastener made. And they said, hey, this sounds like zip. That's very clever. Incredibly, yeah. So it's kind of like a Xerox or a Q-tip situation where it started as like the name of a product, but then that kind of began to encapsulate the entire uh, mechanism. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. I mean, it's just a good name, you know? Yeah, that's a great great. name. Like, they nailed it. (laughs) They did good, yeah. (laughs) I'm zipping around my zipper boots. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just feels good. Like, BF Goodrich is still a company. That probably helped, you know? Like, it it, uh, yeah. it worked. Immediately, people were like, finally, there's a name for these sliding fasteners that we're all getting into in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like nobody wanted to be like, oh, let me just uh, fasten my hook and eye fastener. No. Yeah, that's lame. That's pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah. We I'd cancel plans with them. They're called zippers now, grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> commercial. <laughs> it's like the intense commercial then. But it's still in like the old like you know, Americana, like Norman Rockwell like ad copy. Yeah. Like it's like it's extreme. But that was extreme then. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's a into the modern day. There's one last other quick takeaway for the main episode. Here we go. Takeaway number three. Most modern zippers have the letters YKK stamped on them because that's a Japanese brand name. And I, th- I think some people might know this also. You at home, uh, not while you're driving or whatever, but you can check your zippers. A lot of them might have the letters YKK stamped onto them. And it turns out that's because after Talon, after these other zipper companies came along, a competing company called YKK from Japan took over the industry. Wow. Oh, my God. Alex, I just looked down at my zipper. You know what's on it? YKK? YKK. Nice. Get out of my brain! Surprise. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> I've never given that a, a, a thought in my entire life until this second. It's and wild that they brand it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know, get that credit where it's due. But it's also like nobody's noticing that. So it's, right. But it's crazy that like a pair of Levi's already has like the tag and the red, the red tag and all the like iconic stuff. But then the zipper itself has a little... The zipper itself, I'd say, is secretly incredibly fascinating because it has this... Uh, <laughs> You're already in the trailer, pal. Hey. We can, let's just extend a trailer. Put it in twice. I'm into it. More trailer. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, little, little monogram, though. That's really interesting. It's also interesting that it's just every apparel company referring to this like third-party zipper company to make their zippers. Like Everyone's like, ah, they, they figured it out. I'm not going to even try. Like It's not more efficient for a huge clothing company to like make their own zippers or use something else or everyone's just like i can't i don't know how the thing works the teeth it's so complicated just buy them from ykk ykk's got it on lock or should i say got it on zip hey correct <laughs> thank you yeah, oh, yeah that expression <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this like this isn't universal to every zipper, but you at home, if you look at more than a few, this company, the full name is Yoshida Kogyo Kabushi Kigaisha, and Yoshida Kogyo Kabushi Kigaisha makes the majority of zippers in the world today. By the 1970s, they were making a quarter of all of them, and then it grew to most of them. So they wow, took just, over. Just yeah. the giant zippers so they could fit the whole company name on it. <laughs> like, I think we could shorten this a little bit. <laughs> like giant zipper dangling below your shorts with like the Japanese name vertically on it. Like this, we could probably do this a little better. Then they actually, they hired Gideon Sun back and that was his first note. <laughs> yeah. the, the giant zippers, they're very nice. I just, small suggestion. <laughs> Short into YKK. <laughs> Sounds like the beach a little bit. I think that that the bonus episode should just be you talking in your Gideon impression because I do think that that's wonderful. Just Gideoning, yeah. <laughs> so the the progression here is Talon in the 1930s becomes a huge zipper company, and they're also like sort of creating more market for zippers. Zippers were novel then. Like in 1937, there was an Esquire magazine article claiming that zippers had defeated buttons in what they called the Battle of the Fly, like for flies on pants. Like like in, as recently as the 1930s, people were like, can you believe these zippers? Amazing. <laughs> and so until somewhat recently, recent decades, there, there was this Talon company was the main one. There was also a German one called Optalon. 
And then in the meantime, Tadao Yoshida of the town of Kurobe in Japan. Um, Yoshida sets up his own company that's acronym YKK in 1934. They immediately just reverse engineer Talon's design and make their own Talon zippers in Japan. Also, the company initially set up in Tokyo. That factory got destroyed in the firebombing of Tokyo in World War II. Then Yoshida moves back home to Kurobe, just restarts the company. And they just increasingly succeeded at making the best zippers, the most popular zippers, to the point where today they are most of them. And then to people who have not heard this, like just mysteriously, a lot of the zippers on your things will say YKK. Wow. But it's because Yoshida Kogyo Kabushi Kigaisha is the company that made it. That's what's going on. Wow. Talon was like, hey, when you're bombing Tokyo, if you happen to hit the zipper factory, we will not complain. <laughs> you know, they're like... Gideon's making their yeah. war rompers, yeah. and he's just like, hey, if you want this shipment... You still want I... these boots, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's don't like... go out of your way, but, you know, just send a few bombs uh, out that way. And and it's like you guys said, like, you would think a lot of companies would just make their own zippers in-house, and I'm sure a few do, but no, there's been this, like, Coke versus Pepsi, and then overwhelmingly one-by-one company battle between zipper makers. And YKK is so dominant that a few years ago, they fought and lost an antitrust lawsuit in the European Union, because the EU said, you guys are fully a monopoly. We need to, like, break you up a little bit. Wow. Why Y and K go your separate ways. Yeah. Yeah. And their response to the European Union I I I heard was uh they said, Hey, zip it. And they were like, Oh, you got us. All right. <laughs> That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Dan Hopper and to Benny Wayne Sully for being a trio with me. Sort of like that trio of letters, YKK, that might be on your zippers right now. Wow. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. E if you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic tackles kind of a comedy trope, kind of an urban legend, but it turns out a real and rare thing. It is the reality and the myths of zipper injuries. And I mean in the there's something about Mary way. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show for a library of more than eight dozen other bonus shows and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring zippers with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, modern zippers are partially the result of a love story. Takeaway number two, the name zipper comes from the sound of a zipper. Takeaway number three, most modern zippers have the letters YKK stamped onto them because that's the dominant Japanese zipper brand. Plus more about NASA and the Rolling Stones and other rad stuff. 
Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Visit Ranker.com to see Dan Hopper's work every day. Also going to link a couple other comedy writing pieces from him. And he is at Dan Hop on Twitter. That is Dan H-O-P-P. Dan Hop on Twitter. He also has a separate Pittsburgh sports account that we talked about on the Hockey Pucks episode because he's very, very funny about Pittsburgh sports and also thoughtful about putting that in a separate account. Benny Wayne Sully, also on Twitter, he is at the doofus at T-H-E-D-O-O-P-H-U-S, the doofus. Going to have that linked, of course. You can also catch Benny on the NDND YouTube channel, where they do tabletop role-playing games with an all-native cast. If you are at any film festivals coming up, look for the short My First Native American Boyfriend, starring Benny Wayne Sully, written and directed by Joey Clift, and Hey New York City. Hey, New York City, if you're here like September, October, November, there's an amazing off-Broadway show coming up. It's called Peerless. It's a darkly comedic take on Macbeth set in the world of college admissions. And that's going to be starring Benny Wayne Sully in New York City. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. And one big pleasure of making this show is finding out that an expert has written the definitive nonfiction book entirely about a topic that is an episode topic. This week I learned that is a book called Zipper, an Exploration in Novelty, and that's written by historian Robert Friedel of the University of Maryland. Beyond that, leaned on all sorts of online sources from places like the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, JSTOR Daily, Vanity Fair, Atlas Obscura... Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.